What's up, World That's Good fam? Welcome back to the World That's Good podcast. Today, we have two people that I think most of you will recognize. If you don't recognize, get ready. You have tons of content that you will be able to listen to from here on out because these two people are incredibly creative. Just two great guys, and they happen to be brothers. We have the For King and Country guys, Luke and Joel, on the podcast. It's so good to see y'all. I really am so excited to have y'all on the podcast, and I know y'all have a new album out called What Are We? waiting for. It's so good. Um, But before we get to that, I have to shout out some of y'all's other stuff, but it's actually on this album too, the song Together. So me and Christian love this song and we always do edit. And let me just tell you, we are not great singers, but we have this thing when that song comes on in the car and we do this head turn. It's like, if we fall we will fall together so we we love it we love you guys and everything that y'all do and so excited to have y'all talk about this but before we get to that even I have to ask you the question that I ask everyone on the Whoa That's Good podcast and I know it's an intimidating question and I'll hear it from both of y'all so we get double the advice today but what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given Oh, we start out with some heavy hitters there, uh, Sadie, which we are always grateful for. Uh, Best pieces of advice. You know, best piece of advice is interesting because I think that's always kind of changing uh, because I think the best pieces of advice to you right now may be very different than what it was, you know, 10 years ago or 10 years in the future. But I will tell you a story. So I I played, um, I played basketball for, uh, in high school and, uh, I had a, a friend of mine come to me and he said, hey, I want you to uh, – uh, can, I, can I borrow $70 for my, my phone bill? And I was like, $70 for the phone bill? I was like, go ask your parents. For, uh, I knew his parents. His dad was a dentist. I was like, I know his parents have $70. Well, so I kind of pushed back a little bit and, and he kind of said, man, well, we're, at, we're kind of at odds right now and there's some things going. And He came from a very difficult upbringing uh, you know, in circumstances. And so he, I said, well – uh, let me think about this before I lend you the money, uh, because I'd always heard you don't lend friends money, you know, in per se, because it gets funky, right? And then if you have expectations for them to pay you back and all that stuff. So I actually went to my dad. I was like, Dad, I know that this is not that big of a deal, but I've read some books on the matter, and uh, people have all these wide, wide range of, of, of ideas of what you should and you shouldn't do when it comes to, to money and lending money to friends. And I don't think he probably remembers this, this conversation or anything. He just literally turned to me and he said, Luke, if you can help people, you do it. And it was actually a very profound thing for me. And look, I, I understand there's certain circumstances where uh, helping people may be hurting. You, you, we all are aware of there's certain circumstances where actually the right thing to do is say, I can't. Uh, but when it comes to um, the ability to help someone in need, most of the time within the realm of, of, of normal circumstances, we should be people looking to help versus looking to say no. And so anyway, I've tried to apply that a little bit uh, to my life. Uh, and uh, that, that comment uh, has, has stuck with me. Is it the greatest advice I've ever been given? Uh, you know, who knows? But when it comes to the way that I'm living life right now, I think it's very applicable and, and very important and very meaningful to me. That's so good. Honestly, that is so profound. And I I think that a lot of times some of the best pieces of advice that we are given is some of the simplest pieces of advice, right? I mean, there's obviously so many things that people have told me that are these like really good quotes or really deep thoughts or really um, 
pivotal moments in life, but it's some of those really short punches that your dad says to you or your mom or a friend, a cousin, a mentor. And those are the things that really stick with you and you begin to see it in everything that you do in life. And it's so true. I mean, there are times even that I overthink things like that as well. Like, um, I mean, just for instance, like there's times where you'll see someone homeless on the side of the road and like everything in you wants to help, wants to give them something. And because I've had a background where I've had to have a lot of security, sometimes in my mind, I'll get nervous like, oh, well, is this a dangerous thing if, if, I, if I go and give money or am I putting myself in a dangerous situation? And every time like I have stepped out and given the money or done the thing, given them food, like it's always been a beautiful thing. And even the other day, I remember I was driving up and there was this guy on the side of the road and I just had this conviction to give him some money. And then, of course, the fear started. Well, you know, what if this happens or what if that happens? And so I passed him and then I felt so convicted. So I turned around and um, I gave him, you know, just $20. And he just was so overwhelmed. And he said, God bless you. Thank you so much. Would God just give you every desire of your heart? And started just like preaching like goodness over me from like God. And I was like, man, here I am. And I'm trying to make up every excuse to not inconvenience myself when this guy um, was such a blessing to me, you know? And so I love that piece of advice. That's true for me right now. And I'm taking that with me. Um, I think we might have lost Joel and he might be coming in here and there. So I'll kind of ask this to both of you guys, but I want to hear a little bit about your upbringing because I know y'all's upbringing just from knowing y'all, but it's such a cool story, just how y'all got started, a family of musicians. And so tell me a little bit about, or give us a picture of what life looked like in y'all's home growing up. Um, yeah, Sadie, our, our family uh, growing up. So Luke, Luke and I are originally uh, from Australia, um, Sydney, Australia, to be precise. And, you know, people often ask us, okay, well, tell us about how you got into music. How did you work together as brothers and one of the things we often say is like music even chose us more than in some ways we chose music in that our dad was a concert promoter in Australia. So he would bring, you know, bands and artists from America to Australia. And so our first memories were like going to rock shows or looking at vinyl 45, you know, uh, discs and artwork. And so we were sort of inundated with music and uh, it was only though when we sort of came to the States that had lost a lot of money in Australia. So we moved, mom uh, and dad decided we should move to Nashville, Tennessee, six kids, one on the way and um, packed up 16 suitcases and moved halfway around the world and kind of restarted life. We got over here, dad lost his job. We didn't have insurance. We're sleeping on beds made out of clothes, the whole nine yards and uh, ultimately walked through sort of this journey of, of faith that led to our sister, Rebecca and James, starting to do music. And ultimately, uh, Luke and I sort of, in a very real way through her career, um, experiencing the impact of music, sort of falling in love with music in different ways. And, and, and in, 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 this is a very long story, short version, but that was ultimately the platform that, uh, gave Luke and I the opportunity to step into music together. Yeah, so cool. It's so cool to hear about y'all's background. And 
you know, you kind of mentioned y'all used to look at the vinyls and the artwork and stuff like this. And one thing that is very obvious about y'all's music is you're super creative. Like if you've ever been to a freaking country concert, you know this about y'all. Y'all are so creative. And if you haven't been, you need to go because they're so much fun and just such a cool thing to experience. But y'all are banging on all types of instruments and your outfits always look cool and your music videos are awesome and you have such a cool sound, like so creative. Do y'all think that some of that upbringing with the stuff that y'all were seeing and looking at and learning at a young age has kind of um, made y'all the creatives that y'all are were your parents creative or where do y'all kind of see that coming from in your life Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just not on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Well, we talked a little bit before we went on air, but uh, you said you were talking about your daughter and uh, and just the, this, the, the elements of the, that she's around even currently, she's into a lot of different things. She's climbing, she's talking, mm-hmm. she's trying to do all these different things. And one of the things I've always said about music is you'll be amazed at what happens uh, with children that are exposed to things before they can even remember what they're actually being exposed to. Hence, for us, we were, mm. we were in and around music for years and years and years before we ever really realized what music was. I think you'd be amazed at what that does to your your you know i i remember as a very young poet you know child I, I would listen to songs and i would go why did they do that on the chorus why didn't they do why didn't why yeah, did they go wow. that direction why didn't the melody do this well where does that come from well i can't tell wow. you but i have been around music my, my entire wow. life and i've been around you know at, at least what i i think was before i was really cognizant of, of what was going on good music music that spoke yeah. to me music that impacted my soul and so i sometimes think that 
you, you discredit the things that happen in these very early childhood moments. I also think that you discredit just the, the, the strength of DNA. Uh, the, you know, our yeah, dad would always say that, you know, music kind of skipped him to a degree, but my, but his, his, uh, his mother and her mother, I mean, they could play the violin, they could do all these different things, very complicated musical stuff. Wow. And so you never know where some of these things come from. And, you know, in some cases, I think it's a, it's the, it's a modern version of miracles. It, when you think of creativity, you know, yeah. people walk into a room they have a blank page and somehow you usually walk and there's something that comes from that. Well, where does it come from? It's one of the only things in this yeah. world that a computer can't control. Computers can control what you tell it to. They can mix different things together. They can overlay. But when you start with nothing and yeah. you end with something, that is something that a computer cannot do. And I think it's a, it's a you know, in, in, a, in the wow. Western world where it's difficult to see miracles, I think creativity is one of those, those tangible yeah. places that you can see it almost always. Wow, that is so powerful. That's so true and such a good thing to think about. Honestly, I, I like thinking about it as a DNA thing because then I uh, feel better about myself that I can't play any instruments because I'm like, well, my parents can't, my grandparents can't. We're just not a musical family. We have other giftings. But it's so cool that you put it like that because it is a miracle. That is a miraculous thing that happens. Um, Luke, I want to ask you something on that note um, because I feel like there are times where any creative any creative has probably experienced this, I feel like, just that writer's block or that creative block where, you know, you, you write an album and there you get to the seventh song and you're like, what's next? Or, or maybe you just flow all the time. But what do you do in those moments when you have that um, fear of what's my next thing or where where is this going or you sit there and the blank page stays blank for longer than you thought it would? Um, what do those moments look like for you and how do you kind of get past those those times? Well, I would say this. I mean, look, if, if you only are ever going to write songs, write poetry, write books when you feel like writing, you'll probably never really write things, you know, because at moments – Inspiration yeah, does come, yeah. and there's there are the, the the rare times where inspiration comes, and you can write a song in a few hours. But most of the time, it's not that. Most of the time, it's over days, it's over weeks. Yeah. And I think for creatives, it's the discipline to actually show up. It's the discipline of okay, uh, yeah. my writing session or my painting session or my you know book writing moment starts at 10 a.m. and I'm going to finish it whatever time you decide to finish. Yep you're actually there, you're actually engaged, and you're actually doing it. Because mm. if you're always just waiting for inspiration, if you're always just waiting for the feeling, there's a great chance it won't come. And the, the amount of times when yeah. I've shown up to, for both Joel and I, that we've shown up to a, a writing session to, to write music, and you're like, I don't feel like writing music at all. But yet something significant happens. Or yeah. there's also the moments where you go, I don't feel like writing music, and you don't really contribute that much. But the other person that you're in the room with inspires you and then all of a sudden, you're, yeah. you're right there with them. You're, you're, you're engaged. And, you know, so I think it's a lot good. of it has to do with if you're waiting for right, the, the, the inspiration to come, there's a great chance it won't. But if you at least show up and, and commit yourself yeah. to, I'm going to give it everything I got, um, you're, you're probably going to stumble upon mm -hmm. something. And then you may, you may be surprised what that triggers tomorrow, what that triggers in you, you know, two weeks right. from now where you go, oh, that day when I didn't really have anything – there was something right. that I wrote that was interesting that you just – creativity has a very unique way of, of coming, coming and going. Yeah. And uh, I would say you know, to, to prevent or overcome writer's block, it's, it block, it's the commitment to uh, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. It's, it's the commitment to showing up and, and uh, yeah. actually trying. 
That's so good. And honestly, that advice goes for so many different things in life. I mean, that goes for even working out. You know, there, there's very little times you're going to feel like getting up at seven in the morning and going and working out, you know, but it takes commitment. It takes discipline. And then over time, you see that you get stronger, you know, it might not feel like it in the moment, but you do. There's that same sense in work, you know, every day when you're showing up for the Monday moments, it might not feel good. It might not feel like you want to, but that commitment and that discipline over time leads you to great things. And I think because of social media, we have this world where people, I wrote about this yesterday, it's like, we don't see the process of things. We just see the end um, of things. You know, we see the result of things. So we see the album come out, but you don't see the process of the times that y'all showed up and had to work through those moments. And I think because we only see the result, we sometimes stumble into being a generation who just wants results and doesn't want that commitment, doesn't want that dedication. But even though the dedication, the commitment is hard, that's what makes the results like so worth it and so awesome and so so beautiful. And so I love that you spoke to that because I think that's something that, you know, we as a people just need to hear. Um, Joel, I want to talk to you about just that togetherness that y'all have as brothers. Obviously, in the word, it talks about how two are better than one, you know, it talks about how if a man stumbles and has no one to pick him up, pity the man. But you guys have had each other throughout everything y'all have been able to do through touring, through writing, through all this. And I'm sure that there are a million great things to that. And I'm sure there are some hard things to that. Kind of speak to the pros and the cons maybe a little bit on what are the hard things with working so closely with someone having a partner, but what are the benefits of working with someone like a brother and even in y'all's case, a brother and what y'all have been able to do together? Yeah. Well, I do think we can trade a lot of notes dear Sadie and the fact that you know um, you work very closely with your siblings you work very closely with your parents yeah um, and there's uh, maybe we could flip the question around and ask you the same <laughs> one but it it, uh, it does come uh, with its complications for sure but Luke says it well it's like you really you, you always have to show up at Thanksgiving with one another yeah. and I think what's beautiful is for us similar to probably you we grew up in sort of the family business dynamic, mm -hmm. if you will. And so it taught us pretty key life principles, like how to compromise with one another, yeah. how to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, how, how to respond when someone's you know, yeah. upset and angry. I mean, these things that you learn, we learned with Rebecca on the road because yeah. uh, dad needed cheap labor and he had five sons, so we became the road crew. <laughs> And, 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 and so we, we learned it out on the road and we basically got to transplant all of that knowledge and understanding now to the band. But hey, look, there's still moments, you know, we're a, du we're a duo, we both sing. So who sings what parts? And yeah. uh, it, there's a lot of opportunity to show a certain level of selflessness uh, yeah. in this whole thing. And I think I'll say this too, you know, I love the two is better than one analogy or, or biblical reference. I've used that a lot with Luke and I, with Mariah and me, with Luke and Courtney. But this, for King and Country, Luke and I might be the ones out front. But even this album, like, what are we waiting for? Um, touring, you mentioned, and so on. Like, it's it's us, it's our wives, it's our it's our band, it's the crew. I mean, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. an army that makes yeah. this thing come together yep. and so there's so much to learn i think not only as brothers not only as husbands but even just the way we 
lead this sort of group that is for king and country. So it's a lot. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so true. Team is everything. I'm like the biggest team advocate. And I think some of that comes from even a sports background. Like if you play sports, you know that having a team is how you win. You don't win alone. Even if you're playing basketball or baseball or football or anything or doubles tennis or even if you are playing singles tennis, it's your team, it's your coach, it's your people. There's really rarely anything that anyone, I can't even think of anything, even if it is a solo performance that anyone does alone. It's always a team. And But there's also such a part of this culture that is so individualistically yes. mind, uh, in, minded, you know, which is really sad mm-hmm. because I feel like even if you look at, you know, Jesus Christ and his mm-hmm. body and two is better than one and, you know, that, that we're all parts of the different parts of the same body it's like man if we could just and this record really talks to a lot of that as well just being this kind of global asking these global questions of hey can we relate to one another you know are we better together are we bolder and braver and stronger together or are we better apart from one another like if we could just set aside some of these judgments and preconceived notions and differences and come together man i think that we would see the world radically transformed but we like our little individualistically mindset you know mindsets that keep Mm -hmm. us sort of i think keep us kind of isolated from other people in some ways yep it's so true honestly that's so true and it is sad because at the same time that we do have a very individual thinking uh, world, we also have a world that is kind of obsessed with the idea of relationships, but unwilling to sacrifice the the things needed to be sacrificed in order to be in relationship. And you kind of mentioned that word earlier of selflessness, and that is a lot of what it takes to be together. Um, because there's a lot of things that, you know, selfishly you want to happen that just won't work for the team, you know? And so I love that you mentioned that. And I love that you're mentioning your album because you're right. Everything we're talking about is leading us right into the album. And so take us to the place y'all were at when you said we're writing this album. Was it very specific? Were you like, this is what we're talking about? This is what we want to get across? Or were y'all kind of just writing and you're like, man, this is like a theme that we're saying. Was it was it already in the motion of this is the message? Or were you writing songs and you found the message? What did that process look like? Well, I think that that um, songs are uh, are a little bit like chapters in books. That, uh, but you, but until you you've written kind of the the book, you don't always necessarily know the ending. You may have concepts, you may have ideas of yeah. how to get there, but you know, you, you you take people on a little bit of a journey. And I think for Joel and I, look, we we make albums pretty much every three years. Uh, we're notoriously slow. Uh, it's not a, usually a very smooth uh, process. Uh. Uh, where, where this time we kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, two Decembers ago, so 2020, it was, hey, we've, we, we're probably not going to be on the road very much for the next six months. Let's go in and let's make this make this project. And uh, the truth is, at that point, you know, the pandemic was eight, nine, ten months into it. There's plenty of things to write about. You know, you, you start to realize mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, for, for Courtney and I, we've got kids who are getting older. You've got a world who is going through, as Joel says, a, a global suffering in, uh, in, with COVID. You've got, uh, you know, even as much as we're, we're dealing with it just even today with, 
the 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 disunity that we feel uh, globally. Uh, there's a lot of really very very difficult things, and in some cases, for the last 30, 40 years, we're we're facing things now that that have not been something that we have been confronted with. Uh, in my lifetime, this is the first mm-hmm. time that you can really cognitively think. I'm not actually walking through what people would call call uh, peace. Uh, where where in some cases, mm. because of how small the world is. Uh, we may physically not be as a nation in America at war, but our world is. And our world has become very, very small and has become very, very personal and close to us. And so when it comes to making music, you make music, uh, you know, I I said this to someone the other day. They said, well, you guys are writing a lot of songs about social issues. And the truth is, is social issues are just personal issues multiplied, multiplied by thousands, by millions. And so the things that you see in headlines are actually the things that we should be writing about because that's what the world is going through. And so for us, there was not this, hey, the album's going to be called, what are we waiting for? But it is elements of, yeah. man, I, I'm witnessing hatred towards a brother. I'm, I'm witnessing yeah. friends who have been friends for many, many years saying, because if you disagreed on yeah. X, Y, or Z, and we've had plenty of opportunities to disagree over the last several years, I'm not your friend anymore. And mm-hmm. in some cases, over very trivial yeah. things in the grand scheme of things, but what you realize is it's the small things that are becoming multiplied, that are becoming massive issues. And so I don't think it's any surprise that in some cases, when you even look at where we've come from racially, so many different things. It's because of our, it's the conditions of our yeah. hearts, it's the conditions of our souls that have blown up to something much bigger. And so that is where, that's the heartbeat behind this album is, is speaking to these things because, uh, look, Joel and I aren't here saying, we've got the answer, but I do think we, we're in touch with yeah. somebody who does have the answers. And part of this album is exploring yep. what those answers look like here on Earth. Yeah, wow, it's beautiful. It's so good. And honestly, I think if we all didn't talk because we didn't think we had the answers, you know, how would we move forward? How would we get past some of these really hard things? And I just had to commend y'all for one, writing the songs because these songs are awesome and they're so needed. And two, like actually reflecting in the album, what you're saying, like y'all had such a beautiful diversity on this album. And I loved listening to it. I love seeing even whenever you're posting on Instagram, and I saw y'all did a song with Dante, I was like, yes, like went over, I saw you did the song with Kurt Franklin and Tori Kelly, it was like so exciting, like these fun things. And then I also saw where you were talking about um, on your social media, Luke, about being a dad and some of the inspiration that that had. And I was like, had to go over to the album, listen to the song. So I've been trickling into y'all's album just from y'all's social media because I love the stories. Like, you're so right. They're chapters in a book. You want to hear, you can't wait to hear. And they're just amazing. And so um, I, I don't want to ask the wrong person if one of y'all wrote this song, but I'll, I'll ask Joel and if y'all can both speak into it. But talk to me a little bit about the song Relate because I think that's just a really good message for the time that we're in and just really beautifully written. And so I want to hear a little bit about the backstory of that. No, thank you, Sadie. That's kind. Yeah, it was, it was, Relate was a bit of a gift, honestly. We've sort of mm-hmm. said that this album is three parts, um, just as far as topics are concerned. And you've picked up on some of them, you know. It's definitely a, a record about family. So songs like Cheering You On about Luke's son or Unsung Hero about our parents um, and so on. It's, it's a spiritual record, which inherently that is sort of part of the Fakian country DNA, but it's also very much as we've sort of touched on multiple times, 
uh, in this podcast. It's a it's a global record and relate kind of touches on that sentiment very deeply. And it was a gift that song. It was like Luke said. Usually we're pining over lyrics and melodies, and it's it's really we'll do iteration after iteration of song, but uh, of songs. But relate came um, really quickly. There was something remarkable about the the group of people we were in the room with. So we wrote the song with a country writer named Josh Kerr, who mm. um, we wrote God Only Knows with uh, for point of reference on our last record. And so then a, a, a young lady by the name of Taylor Parks. And mm. she is a... Uh, She's a California girl, I think, uh, or Texas-born California girl now. Massive writer. I mean, Ariana Grande to, and, and so on. Uh, she's she's collaborated with, with some pretty gifted people. And there was just something about these Australian guys, you know, Taylor as a black woman, you know, uh, Josh Kerr as a country writer. Awesome. We were coming together from these different places and different walks of life and different beliefs. And, and finding commonality in it. And so we actually wow. got to sort of live out in the writer's room what the song was actually sort of written about. I remember to turning to Taylor, uh, Taylor at one point and saying, hey, is it okay, like, in your world, or, you know, to say these sorts of things? And she was like, absolutely. And, and so um, wow. it, it feels like a bit of a hallmark for this album, particularly on the global level of talking talking about what if we do set aside our prejudice and our our judgments uh, and so on and and actually yeah. show up at the table with a bit of compassion That's a good. bit of empathy like i'm reminded of what you said earlier in the podcast about just those little gut moments where you see someone on the side of the road and you're like i should buy them a meal or you know give them five dollars whatever it is or how how mm. you interact with people um, on a day-to-day basis, can you actually relate to people that are different from you? I think yeah. that's the big question right now of the planet. Yeah. It's like, can you relate uh, if you don't see things in the same way? And argument would be you can't, but I think you can. I think, yeah. uh, I think, I think we can. That's good. It's so encouraging. And this whole album is just very hope-filled, which is what we need right now. Like, we need to be able to listen to something and actually leave us feeling more hope than less. And the majority of things that we see on our phones every day are um, the opposite of that. You know, it's uh, very... Um, sad and destructive and the reality is that is our reality right now a lot of it is sad and destructive but it's one of those things it's like well do you just sit there and stay there and just say well this is just how it is or do we fight for moving forward and you guys are fighting for moving forward and helping an army come up behind y'all so I'm thankful for that um, but there are other songs that y'all have written that have been huge successes um, I was honestly on your YouTube page last night you know just prepping for the podcast listening to songs and I'm seeing things like 60 million 80 million all these huge numbers of views and listens and hearing y'all's story knowing y'all come from a family from australia moving with 16 suitcases over here not having a lot dad losing the job the whole thing and now sitting here years and years and years later with families with beautiful wives um and families and having such success you know what does that what does that do to y'all like whenever you see um, that this is happening? Does it humble you? Does it make you feel overwhelmed? Does it make you want to keep going? Does it scare you? I mean, like, what what does that do to your heart? Because I know for me, um, just knowing where I am compared to what I come from, it just 
blows my mind and makes me just totally dependent on God. Um, and I think some people see y'all and they don't think about the whole story, just like we don't think about the process. And they just see, oh, they're just killing it. That just is normal for them. And I would just guess it doesn't feel very normal. And so what what does that do to y'all's hearts as you see just where God's taking y'all? Well, we do need to, at some point, Sadie, we need to come back and do a Whoa, That's Good podcast. But Luke and I will host the podcast and ask you all these questions because I feel like, because like there's a, between the family similarities and working with your siblings and your parents. And then, you know, this question too, of like, what do you do when, you know, there are a lot of people looking to you as a, as a voice, as an inspiration, Mm -hmm. as you know, in our case as musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and how does it, uh, how does it sort of play on you? I think one area for Luke and me that was really helpful not to go back once again to our early years, but we got to walk through and maybe you did with your parents. You got to, we got to walk through Rebecca's career and see the real high points and see the low points and everywhere in between and realize that this, you, you can't build a life off, I mean, I suppose monetarily you can, but you can't really build a life off being uh, a public figure as far as yeah. if you're going to find yourself worth in it because it changes, man. Like musicians, yeah. we have a D-Day. There is a certain amount of time and influence that you have and then it's on to the next person and that's okay with Luke and me. You know, we, we want to show up while it's our time. We want to do the best we can while it's our time. But I think I think we'll both you know, be, be good to go, Hey, this was, this was a beautiful season and we're going to move on to, to something else when, when our time does come. Um, but I think the the thing that holds us in the best stead with it is, um, the grounding of family, you know, mm-hmm. um, is coming home and being able to just, uh, be still. That was something that the pandemic really showed us was, man, we were, we were rolling pretty hard for the last eight years in developing this band. And then we have this kind of intermission of sorts where we're able to sort of breathe and reflect and contemplate. And so I think even, even being still and slowing down saying no, which is a powerful word has enabled us to hopefully uh, stay grounded. But then also Luke said it, well, was it yesterday, Luke? He was like, we're not as famous as you think we are. <laughs> like we're in a ba- Here's the thing. Sadie Robinson, everything is around you, right? We're in a band called For King and Country. And so you would be surprised how we can sort of hide behind the moniker a little bit and just be like, yeah. well, it's the band thing. And, and we sort of go on living our own lives. So I feel like we have it sort of made in the shade in some ways with, with how, how it's all happened. We can, Luke can, you know, hang out in Colombia and not feel too worried about being too bombarded. And when someone does come up and say g'day, it's actually just a sweet thing versus like, I can't imagine being Justin Bieber or whatever, walking around and just, you know, having everyone, you know, notice you all the time. That would be pretty frightful. Yes, very true. And that is so interesting because, yes, I guess because it is called for King and Country, it's not necessarily y'all's names. That is kind of like a nice little shade. You you can kind of hide under that. And I do think that 
the grounding of family is key. I always say that as well. People say, how did you not, you know, go crazy being a young um, person in the spotlight and going to LA for a time and doing Dance with the Stars and all the things. And, um, you know, part of me just wants to say, first off, I can see why people do go crazy because that is a lot and that is hard. And like, if it was not for the grace of God and honestly my family around me, I don't know what my life would have looked like. And I think that so many people go about it alone. And that is when you tend to lose yourself, you know, because you begin to become who everybody tells you that you are instead of being anchored in who you know you are. And to be anchored in who you know you are, sometimes you need other voices also reminding you of who you are, what everybody's telling you who you should be or who they think you are. And so And that you're not and that you you're not what you do. Yes. You know, you're who you are, but it's not just about what you're putting out into the world. Exactly. So true. So true. Um, Lastly, I just want to ask you about the song Priceless because um, I know it's not on this album. I know it's one that y'all did in the past and you even had a movie come out about it, which is so good. And just the whole message of that really, I I remember it honestly helping me so much with my self-worth, so much so that I did a YouTube video called Priceless and I talked about your song and I talked about how kind of what we just talked about, that I'm more than what I do and I'm more than a number that the guys had given or I'm more than the uh, words or whatever. And honestly, like that message was just really pivotal for me. Um, And I just think it's crazy that it came from two guys, you know, because I think like a girl can say that all day long, but it's it was almost more powerful that it came from people like y'all who are married men and just godly guys. It it was honestly like, oh, like that's true because before I had a husband who now speaks those things over me and loves me and adores me, um, you know, I didn't have... I didn't have that. You know, you just hear the guys of the world speaking and sometimes it's not very good. And so for godly men to sing over all these girls, what we all needed to hear was just very powerful. I want to ask y'all, um, just on that note, you know, having the wives that y'all have, how has that also shaped just how you speak into women's lives? Um, because y'all are two men killing it, but you're so empowering of women. And I have been empowered by y'all's ministry and by y'all's songs. And so what does that kind of look like? And where does that place come from in your heart that gives you the desire to write those songs for specifically women? Well, let me say this first. I, um, it's really meaningful that you would uh, recognize the fact that, um, you know, there are a lot of great women mm-hmm. that share about these ideas and messages. I mean, every mum is instilling this in their child, right? Um, and there's a lot of great women like yourself, which are so needed, by the way, for younger women to just as a guide to be able to show them their way forward. But at the same time, by contrast, there's been this kind of really tragic gaping hole uh, from men in our generation that have um, that aren't speaking to this, that, that, that aren't, mm-hmm. you know, I think the subtle message we're putting forward as men is like, hey, you are your body or you are, you know, how the shape of your face or your curves or you are what you do versus you know you are um you are enough as you are and so we 
we really from the beginning i mean from those early tours i remember that we all did together we we sort of have taken it upon ourselves as you know sons to a wonderful immigrant mother who is so such a strong woman to brothers to a a powerful sister two sisters but with rebecca championing so much relationally and now as husbands to really strong powerful wives we sort of said hey because of this beautiful world that we were raised up in, maybe we can offer um, some thoughts and ideas as to what it really means to be a woman, what it means to be a woman of God, uh, if you will. And, 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 and some of those ideas are, look, um, you, you look back to Jesus Christ, and I think you can take some cues from him. Because here's a guy who was born into a culture that really suppressed women, that really pushed women down, really segregated, separated. It was as chauvinistic culture as they come. And yet this is the guy that, you know, his first miracle turning water into wine was for his mom. Yeah. And this is the guy that was funded by women. And this is the guy that was anointed three times by women. And this was the guy that, you know, when all his mates had left him, uh, women were still there loving and consoling him. This was, and when he rose back to life outrageously, women were the first ones to tell the greatest news. He gave women a voice. He saw women. He didn't yeah. see them just as objects or sexual creatures. He saw them as as divine, beautiful creatures, children, uh, daughters of God. And so, it, it, with that in mind, from you know, from the day that we toured together to today, it's been something that we've really done our best to champion and continue to share because um, it just feels like the time is needed. And I hope, I hope other men, young men like your husband and so yeah. on will, will continue to pro proliferate this, this idea of speaking to um, uh, a woman's worth yeah. in, in a culture that's so keen on segregating and, and, and well, not even segregating, just, just, just suppressing. Yep women you know it's good it's so good so helpful and honestly it, it's so true that that is how jesus lived and that is how jesus acted and whenever you read the word and you read the story of jesus and you see all the different women that not only he interacted with but he worked with and he healed and he spoke to and he blessed and he even prophesied all these things you're like wow like what a great example of uh, just catch this one sadie the first person that jesus ever told that he was the son of god to was to a racial minority outcast wow woman. like how cool is that's that? crazy i mean it's the coolest thing it's, it's honestly the coolest thing ever and i feel like that message has definitely gotten lost um, over the, the years and I'm thankful that y'all are men fighting for it to come back and bring us back to that heart of Jesus. Um, Luke, did you want to speak to that a little bit? Uh, I was going to say this. I mean, look, I think that you, um, you, you forget, I think a lot of times society is, is trying to say who's superior, you know, a men's bit better or women better. And there's just like competition at the same time. And you forget that God sees the invisible. And the invisible is a soul, and the soul is equal in every person. And that, to me, is, is the thing that we have to recognize is God is after souls. He's after people, uh, and he wants, to, he wants to cherish all of them. He doesn't cherish one more than the other. It's like, it's, in some cases, you, you, you know, speaking of kids, um, it's the same thing. You look at that daughter of yours, and you adore 
you absolutely adore. If you have a little boy, you'll do the same thing. It's not that you look at one better than the other. Both are absolutely the most important, right? They're the, they're the yeah. greatest. And I think sometimes we forget you, you cherish things that, um, that are important, that are precious to you, right? And yeah. without a woman, a mother, for one, I mean, we wouldn't be here. But so you, you, you forget that in some cases, it's, it's important to cherish the yeah. things that are near and dear. And that's the way that, it, I mean, it's the way I view my wife. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's wonderful. She's precious to me. They say, I'm not competing mm-hmm. with her. I'm not trying to take her place. She's not trying to take mine. But yeah. it, it, takes the two, it takes the two of us in, in kind of equal partnership to do, hopefully, something that, special that God's laid on our hearts. Well, you also wonder, too, if that... And you're you're a key part of this, Sadie. Is that part of I think? If you look at Christ and the way He rose women up, and you look at the Holy Spirit, which is such a sort of a this strong but beautiful feminine sort of uh, spirit, if you will, that maybe part of and and in the fall that there's this great discrepancy between women and man that happened uh, in 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 kind of. The, the 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 original fall of man um, that may be part of this beautiful um, sort of ushering in of God's kingdom, if you will, is actually the restoration of men and women and the balance mm. between them. And I feel like you're a part wow. of that. I feel like a lot of women who are rising and have voices today um, are a part of this restoration of balance between man and woman. And like Luke well said, it's not about women raising up and squashing men. It's not about men keeping women oppressed. It's about this beautiful God-given balance that was meant to happen in relationship yep. that's, that between man and woman that um, is, is powerful yep. and profound. And so, uh, man, it just a, it's, a, it's an encouragement to you to, to keep on keeping on um, as a young lady. And, and we're, we're excited to see that balance, because for the yes. first time in human history, up until 100 years ago, the whole social construct was built on, you know, brute force and strength. Yeah. And now um, we're in this really beautiful place where it's built on our minds or, or, or what, you know, what creatively we can do or what we can share through a book or a podcast or so on. So all that totally. to say, keep on keeping on. Thank you, man. That's so good. The restoration is so beautiful. And you're right. It's not good for man to rule over in that sense. And it's not good for women to rule over in that sense. It's the balance. It's the equality. It's the, I love how you put it. It's the God sees souls and all souls are equal. And, And when they are, man, the world just operates at such a cool place because women do have so much to bring as well as men. And God did make us in his image in two different ways and together it creates a beautiful thing and you see that in marriage and you can see that in life whenever people come together and people cheer each other on and man you guys just wrote an album that uh speaks to so much of that so much restoration so much hope so much unity 
in a world that is so divisive. And so thank you guys for coming on the podcast and talking about it and sharing more of your heart. I love to talk to y'all. Y'all are just deep wells and it's so fun to just hear your wisdom. And for those of you listening to the What It's Good podcast and got to hear Joel and Luke, um, I highly encourage you, go listen to this album right now. What are we waiting for? It's out everywhere right now. Look it up on YouTube too and see all their awesome videos because they always have cool things coming out. Um, But guys, thank you so much. I know y'all are going on tour too. When does that start? March 31st, I believe. Last day of this month. Yes. Awesome. Okay, tour is coming out soon too. So look that up and get your tickets. But guys, thank y'all so much for being on the podcast. This was a great conversation. No worries. Thanks, Sadie. Appreciate you. Thank you, Sadie. And hey, let us know when you want to have us back and we will reverse engineer this conversation and interview you. (laughs) Hey, that'd be a cool conversation. I think we'd be down for that. I I sure will. That's awesome.